BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Well, everybody, welcome to the Brain Boogled Podcast. You can hear he's running out. (laughs) E-B-N-J. And. Wait. Wait. And. What's this? What? New player has joined. We have a special guest today. Hello, everyone. What's up, Matthew? Oh, my God. Um. Nothing except being absolutely thrilled to Woo! be on Bogtober right now. The fabled guest has finally joined us. Yeah, Matthias we've been talking said, about having him on the show for like a year and a half now. Yes, abs, abs of fruitly. So it was like literally like day one. Like literally day one, Bobby was like, we have you Matthew on. <laughs> no, so, but now I have hype to live up to. So I'm hoping that today's episode will be a good one. We shall see. And speak, speaking be. of hype, um, which, we, we should just give Matthew a quick shout out for his youtube channel oh yes oh and yeah it's this is it's sort of inspired this sort of crossover episode so Matthew, what what is the youtube channel and what do you do on said channel who is your well, daddy and what does he do <laughs> uh channel is my name matt lawrence spelled the correct way l-o-r-e-n-c-e shots, those shots Polish fired roots in there spelling i'm gonna be honest it is. I, I. It's. Uh. I. I am a of Polish descent. So truly, my last name is Lorenk, But they added an e to make it sound English. But now you. Now you guys will all remember the name. <laughs> but I do. Uh, half reaction stuff. Half talking about music. Do a lot of funky fresh editing. We have a bunch of fun over there. We talk. <laughs> Music. Pranks, we talk dude. social events. We talk. Yeah, we do. A, we do a lot Jesus of um, pranks, prank calls, a lot of kissing pranks. Yeah, a lot pranks. of mommy makeout day on Venice Beach <laughs> pranks. Prank. Um, yeah, makeout day. Prank. Yeah, it's 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 pretty cool. Um, yeah, definitely go so check it out because definitely I, check I, it out, especially if you like this episode because yeah. you may find similar content. Yeah, this but is going to yeah. be like Brent said, sort of a crossover where we're going to be talking about. Some spooky music in the spirit yeah. of Bogtober. 
So yeah, go yeah, check out Matthew's YouTube channel. Like that, that we're, we're gonna we're gonna listen to the Monster Mash for the next hour and a half and dissect <laughs> exactly. it beat exactly. by beat. Um, all right. So what do you think he meant by it was a graveyard smash? Oh. I want to know. Oh, Brent, we're getting into some weird territory here. You think you're looking into it too much? All right. So I think we should introduce ourselves. That's right. That's the thing we do on this. That's a thing we do, isn't it? Um, so I am your B flat B Bobby. Oh, all it's right. A note. All right. All right. Nice. All right. I'm your drop the beat B. Beat. <laughs> <Brent>. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> I am your uh, jangling J Jack. <laughs> nice. Ooh, jangling chains. Like, Real spooky. Like would, yeah, I feel like you would jangle something <laughs> in those spooky sounds. I don't have anything to jangle. I know. I was looking for my keys. <laughs> anyway uh and i'll be your malevolent m matt Whoa! sorry i didn't go for a music one but mm. I, I had to be bogtober for this one yeah no That's i mean good, well he's, he's melodically right malevolent not everyone can yeah. get the bogtober and the music theme in one i don't know yeah it's, it's tough talent it's i tough. have <laughs> <laughs> all right so yeah let's uh matthew is actually bringing the topic today so he did all the research thank you matthew and this I is great wait. We didn't have to do shit. Yeah. You just have to listen to me talk and hopefully I can answer your questions, but mm. it's oh, going to so be fun. Mm. So shall we, shall we just get right into it? Let's yeah, put let's on our goggles right and dive in. Well, uh, All right, audience, so, are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> I can't hear you. Oh God. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is that specific phrase trademarked? I wouldn't be surprised. I probably well, I can't is. hear you. Yeah. Nickelodeon, you know, SpongeBob. Yeah. This whole SpongeBob theme. Sorry. I mean, you know Get that phrase here. predates SpongeBob, though. I know, <laughs> yeah, but, dude, but I wonder if you can like. I wonder if you can copyright a phrase said with specific notes. Mm. Mm. That's a good point. I wonder. Interesting. Songs Inter- are, you know, copyrighted. You can't copy a song. Right. The, the mm. thing I'm not sure about is I think it has to be at least four notes before you can. Yeah, I think uh, you're right about that. It copyrighted <laughs> as a melody. I only know that because so. I always see Zach going. Two, three, four, with his fingers. Yeah, our boss. Yeah, we're always counting to make sure. Like, are we in the clear? Can we can we use this copyrighted music for three notes? Uh, all right. Good so time. yeah, right. let's let's dive in. All right. Yeah. Let's go. All right. So boys, it's mm. October. Excuse me, Bogtober. Thank it's you. Spooky Thank you. season. Res- respect the brand. <laughs> and around this time of year, there are some spooky tune classics that come back into the general consciousness. You know, mm. you got your Monster Mash, you got your yes. This Is Halloween, you got your Thriller, you got some jams. And all three of these are great songs, but are they scary? I would say, by no means are they scary. No. Thriller's kind of scary. You know, I think Thriller, the, Thriller the video is, is a little scary, but I, I would say. Is eerie it's a little uncomfortable <laughs> it's a little okay but for the sake for the hopeless. sake of this topic these songs are for babies yeah bobby and jack <laughs> are babies. pussies they're not scary no, the, beginning of, <laughs> the beginning of thriller where they're like you're be where they're like viewers beware you're in for a scare okay yeah, 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 yeah. it's like or, the fun spooky it's like ooh, here right. we go on an <laughs> yeah, adventure yeah i was scared yeah. by it as a it's like with me here. bear with me here. oh i guess that's your yeah. point yeah huh? it's more vincent price being scary than uh than the song itself that's true yeah well yeah either way Today, I am your messenger of musical maladies, determined to take you three, along with all the Bogglers listening, down a dark path, exploring fear-inducing frequencies, 
auditory experiences that are frightening, depressing, enlightening, and will give you the scariest stereo system on the streets. Oh. Are you ready, boys? Oh, oh my I'm, god, I'm dude, so oh. ready. That synopsis just raised the bar for this With podcast. Oh, so how could I not be ready after that. <laughs> I have chills. Okay, well, get excited because after that we get to the boring part of the episode, which is <laughs> what actually makes music scary. No, that's the interesting part, dude. Here we go. A little V-sauce Michael here. V-sauce. Mm. Hey, V-sauce. Michael here. <laughs> Notes make music scary. Wah, wah. This is very boring. <laughs> However, the easiest explanation for what music we find scary is with wacky, dissonant notes. So we got some music boys in this Discord right here. I think we all know. You get a couple, a couple of notes. For example, a C and an E, and they just they sound quite nice together. Yeah. Here, let me give you an example. Oh, let's go. Oh no, it gave uh, me an ad on my piano app. Embarrassing, bro. But here we go. Wow, nice. A Wonderful. nice little bit of harmony. However, you hear some notes like this. Ooh. Whoa. Sounds a little spooky. So, yeah, dissonance is actually, we have a, a, a physiological response to dissonance, which is when we hear these weird warbly uh, wavelengths match together, they actually create some wacky patterns, which freaks our brain out, and we really want them to resolve. So when they don't, and when you hear those really scary dun, 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 violin chords that are just a bunch of packs of notes, your brain gets a little spooked. So oh. there you go. So it's like also, me out. My also some yeah. high frequencies. Oh, sorry, Jack. Go ahead. Oh no, no I was literally just gonna say some bullshit. I was gonna say. <laughs> do you, I was gonna say. Do you think that the warble bird was named after the onomatopoeia, or the onomatopoeia came from the bird? Hmm. I think it was maybe a symbiotic situation. Mm. Like they were like, we need a word for this, and then. Oh, actually, I don't know. I think. I think maybe the. Maybe the bird name. <laughs> I made a mistake in right, throwing my phone name. behind me because I wish I could look it up. Maybe the bird name. Well, birds, I feel like, are, you know, part of nature. They've been around forever, so they're, they needed to right. have a, They needed to experience the bird before the word. Yeah, the, they the, probably bird, named bird, the bird. bird. Now, that's a scary based song right based there. Off the of bird the, is a yes. word song. It's a curse song, They really. probably named the bird based off of the sound, so. Yeah, but you, do you think, you, like, a sh- you think, like, shoe bills are old, or you think that name is older than... Oh. Could, well, I think they the can bird change. species is older than shoes. That's true, but That's a good this point. isn't this episode. Go listen to our wacky yeah, this words is a, this episode. This is a separate if you episode, hear but about this still episode. interesting. Well, it is okay, October, so shoe shoe bill shoehorn storks <laughs> are uh, totally appropriate. Yes. Continuing on, let's move on. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, aside from dissonance. High or extremely high or extremely low frequencies can also freak us out when they come kind of out of nowhere. So think about a a jump scare in a movie when there's just like a big smash of sound. That freaks us out for a few reasons. First of all, it's a cheap way to freak you out because it's a sudden change from something quiet to something loud. But also, this is from a an actual study, guys. I have real research. Ooh, science. But, Non-linear sounds, for example, jumping from a low to a high frequency, remind us of other sounds like a child's cry or a scream. 
And ah. these trigger biologically ingrained responses by making us think that our young are threatened. So pretty wild. Oh, that I it, hate when my young are threatened. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's such an unfortunate situation. But personally, so that, I'm ambivalent. That is what can cause. Sorry. Also, I'm going to keep like checking what the next slide thing is because sometimes I forget what I put. But now, you're already so, doing yeah, a better yeah. job than reading than Bobby does. So yeah. <laughs> you're good. High noises freak us out. But there are other things that can make music scary aside from just getting really high pitched. Those things are <laughs> situations such as change or strange subject matter. So let's let's Whoa. take a look at both of these. Oh, this humans! Is, I know that humans is. hate change. First of all, we hate when things switch. So, like we were saying, nonlinear change: high to low notes, low to high notes, quiet to a loud. But bam! It freaks us out. It makes us uncomfortable. And so, when we can't really track the path of where something's going, that can freak us out. But also, the subject matter of a situation can freak us out. When we don't understand things, we get very scared. I was listening to a brain boggled episode a while back. And Jack was defending being afraid of the dark. Yeah. And I'm going to have to agree with Jack that the dark is scary because it isn't the actual dark. It's what you don't know is inside Ooh. of the darkness. Yes. Nice call Which is back. a great point. But so we're looking at what we're looking at right here. And uh, I guess, Bobby, I'll send this along for the brain bloggled, which you guys yes, should check dude. out because they're awesome. Oh, my God. We didn't even He's tell even doing our blogs. Oh, my dude, God. Dude, I, I, I'm, I'm a brain boggled aficionado. <laughs> I, I, I know the... I know the deal uh, at this point, but <laughs> okay. So basically this image, what we're looking at is like a AI produced thingamajig where you're not supposed to be able to recognize anything in the image. It hurts um, my brain so bad. Yeah. But I it's mean, also the, go the ahead. Jack. The bottom right is totally a bear though. Like that's a bit, look at it. It's a bear. What else is that? It's but is it? It looks like, like, it looks a, like a, a bat wig. mixed with like a monkey. Yeah. I don't know. Like, no, looks, dude, it totally, well, no, I think it was like a, um, it was probably like because this was an image that was somebody took this picture and then processed it right? yeah yeah exactly yeah so i bet okay. you it was like a big old teddy bear mm. um was was right there it and looks like it should have been a like a raffle basket that was just opened and then scattered about yeah well on the left there like that's clearly a mirror like it's clearly reflecting. yeah i mean it looks like a bathroom and like some jewelry and like maybe candles who knows it's a, but either way crazy it's stuff. very weird it's, it is it's very weird it's like it like you're saying bobby it hurts your brain like you get unnerved by the fact that it, you just it looks no like something out of the movie annihilation to me mm. it's uh, just like yes. it's just not quite right something's yes. not Samar. quite right about this well it's like yeah. it's like when you it's like when you see words from far away and you just so badly wish that you could read it because you can see that it is words but you just can't make out what those letters are it's like so frustrating because it looks like you should know what it is but you I like that no matter how close you look you can't see you can't make out what it is we're looking at and it's frustrating yeah, yeah. i might punch my screen but either way <laughs> this this freaks you that? out a little bit right because we kind of can't understand what's going on but yeah. it's also important to understand that just subject matter in general, something if someone's singing about something scary, it's more likely for the song to feel scary no matter how it sounds. This is another quote from that study. Um, so basically, participants were asked to watch like videos of mundane tasks with different kinds of music under them. And what do you know? They found it less emotionally stimulating when normal music or or even even scary music went with a boring video 
And then if it was scary music with something scary, obviously they're like, oh, now now this music exhilarating. is exhilarating. So some some musical works are considered scary because of the original purpose that for them. Like if they were used in a horror movie or something, that style of music becomes scary just by association. But mm-hmm. I was looking into this and I thought, you know what? This is freaking lame. If I just talk about how horror movie jump scares get you or... I don't know, people screaming and being crazy. That is lame. So it is my mission to talk about some commercially released musical projects that I find just utterly frightening and terrifying, either because of how they sound, because of their subject matter, or because of their abnormal structure. These three things we've gone over. And so we're going to start with our first project, which is called Everywhere at the End of Time. Yes. Are y'all ready? Uh. I'm so re- I've never been more ready for anything in my life. <laughs> I don't know I'm glad to is. hear it. All right. So today we're going to be talking for a little bit as our first project. I have a bunch here. I'll try to go relatively quickly through them. But this is a project by uh, electronic music producer named The Caretaker, also known by his his real name, James Leland Kirby. So here's a uh, here's the album covers. Everywhere at the End of Time is a multi-year, multi-album project which is meant to represent a patient falling victim to dementia. So, we've got six albums here, which range between 45 minutes and 90 minutes long, which each represent one of the six stages of dementia, which is pretty wild. So, Hmm. how do you go about making something that sounds like dementia and what kind of experience is it to listen to it well as i said this was an extremely arduous process for kirby to get through he did a ton of research with doctors other artists actual patients to figure out how he could craft this story so basically what we start with in the top left here again this will be on the boggled you have 30s like ballroom music that just kind of loops and plays for like an hour And then as the albums go on, it slowly gets more distorted, slowed down, filtered until it just becomes an unrecognizable drone of noise in like Mm. this six hour crazy experience. So I think that's pretty wild personally, but there's more. Yeah. We can look at these album covers right here. And did these album covers make you think of any of the pictures we've seen so far on this episode? A little bit. I mean, it's hard to tell. Yes. Can you pick out what any of these are? I mean, there looks like a flower pot. Yeah. Flower pot, a book. Yeah. Yeah. A bust of a lady. The back of a mirror with like blue um tape. and then i don't know the one in the top right is jackson pollock painting <laughs> uh the one in the bottom middle is a uh, physical representation of mc escher and yeah so last you've, one you've is, pretty uh, much got it basically this this um representation of images right here is basically trying to have the same effect as that picture we just looked at where you can't really name anything like obviously this is a flower pot but like 
we don't really know what material that is. Yeah. This person, like it's a figure, but again, it's, it's an abstract painting. So it's kind of freaked up, whatever. looks like an avatar. Kind of freaked But up. not only do these <laughs> images have that effect, they're also a direct reference to another painter, which we're going to look at now. Again, these will be on the boggled. So oh. these six portraits for people who are listening are six self-portraits by William Uttermolen, who was a artist and dementia patient who, as a science experiment, decided to do a self-portrait every year after his um, diagnosis with dementia. Wow. And basically, as you can see, as time goes on, he just loses grasp of what he's seeing in the mirror or, or his concept of himself until this one in 2000, which is just... Also, they messed up the the date on the top one. Sorry, this is just a random Google image I got. But yeah, you can see it's just literally barely a human face wow. at the end, which is pretty crazy. So going back, what's pretty fascinating about these albums is they actually all represent the medical like stage. Like phase one is actually like phase one of dementia, where you hear these ballroom recordings with maybe just a little bit of like radio scratch or something. So the memories are still strong. And as they go, they slowly disintegrate and disintegrate until this last album cover, which is the back of a canvas. So the memories, you know, they're there, but they're just inaccessible to you wow. because of your disease. So Ooh, that's I think that's amazing. I think it's also pretty haunting. Um, and very, it's definitely unnerving to listen to with that context. The thing is, I've never listened to this album. It's six and a half hours long. I couldn't mm -hmm. do it. But That's what I have listened to is a similar project called the disintegration loops by William Basinski. Mm -hmm. This is a very similar project where basically he took a bunch of old tapes he found and slowly let them corrode and break down and recorded them over five years and just listen to them destroy themselves. The crazy thing about this album is more its context. In the late summer of 2001, Basinski began digitizing a collection of audio snippets he had recorded into cassette tapes in the 80s. When digitizing these tapes, they would slowly corrode after being scanned over too many times, creating haunting, fading loops for which the project is names, named. He finished this digitization process on the morning of September 11, 2001 in his New York City apartment, and as the World Trade Center smoldered across the city, he played the music for him and his friends and recorded the wreckage as it burned and then released it as this album. What? Yeah. So basically, you can just listen to this project, which is a slowly disintegrating, again, like a, a four chord loop that just breaks down with the ambient noise of smoldering buildings and destruction in the background. And it's pretty freaking haunting. I listened to that one. I just laid in my bed for an hour and listened to that. And it was 
pretty crushing. Like I, I, I kind of thought it would be a gimmick, but it's really weird. Like how slow everything changes. You don't even notice it's changing until you're like, Whoa, I'm just in dream world right now. So sounds yeah, like a meditation, like a, like a spooky meditation. Have Definitely. You, um, you ever seen that website boil the frog? No, I haven't. Um, you can, uh, <laughs> plug in a song or I think you can plug in two songs and it will like seamlessly, um, transition you between them by like slow, like, like playing the first song and then playing songs that are closer in genre until you get to your other song. Whoa, um, so that's crazy. Be like, you just sit there and listen to it. And it's cause it, it so the name comes from apparently if you put, Put a frog in a pot of cold water. It doesn't do anything. Put a, If you were to place a frog into a pot of boiling water, the frog obviously would hop right out. It wouldn't like the boiling water. If you put a frog in a pot of water and you bring that water to a boil, um, the frog will just stay there, apparently. And so that's Ugh. where the name of that comes from. Cause wow. Wow. It's, it's it's the whole like you don't notice like gradual effects over a long yeah time. yeah, yeah definitely slowly adjust okay right. so if you were to make a spooky haunted house or haunted event i know it's covid but you could have some fun there are plenty of these albums both the caretaker and william basinski are highly prolific and they're they have some cool albums one of my favorite titles is basinski's first selected memories from the haunted ballroom which that i mean come on it's it's perfect. So mm-hmm. now we're, we're going to move on from. Boggled. Yes, Yish. yes. So we're going to move on from the dementia <laughs> and <laughs> the things slightly more more conventional here. So, all right. So now we've got a set of three albums from the band, the post rock band Swans. So if the caretaker represented some abnormal structure, but also some context that really makes it scary. Swans is a subject matter and a structure band through and through. They are a post-rock jam band. Songs can be upwards of 30 minutes long with multiple sections building to these crazy explosive moments. And yeah, it's, it's crazy. I, I, I wanted to talk about these guys um, to you guys for a while because of the Lovecraft episode, because oh, okay. Swans takes a lot of, uh, inspiration from Lovecraft where the music will discuss just these insane transcendent experiences that you, you just can't even comprehend, but they're, they're so well expressed through the format of, you know, a 15 minute song that you're like, Oh my God, this is just so enormous and huge mm. that I can't even grasp what I'm listening to. Mm. So, uh, A lot of lyrics revolve around abstract concepts like death and life, but also, like I was saying, cosmic terrors. So this album on the left is called The Seer, and it's about a beast who sees everything that ever happens. So one of the songs is basically summoning the seer. He's introduced in a seven minute section where a choir just chants lunacy and I know too much just for like 10 minutes over building strings and cacophony Mm -hmm. and it's about as spooky crazy as you would imagine um this middle album to be kind has a song called oxygen which i consider is literally anxiety in a song where the lead singer screams about losing oxygen and knowledge 
eventually at the end of the song with a bunch of dissonant as we mentioned earlier what? horns <laughs> a bunch of dissonant horns break out and jira starts jira is the the uh, michael jira is the main lead singer he starts screaming hey there dog man before literally barking over the last four minutes oh, wow. of the song <laughs> four and it minute is barking it is some crazy shit that's weird um and i thought like my, i would i am the walrus was crazy yeah dude it gets it gets wild on on this side of things but my personal favorite comes from this album on the right the title track the glowing man which has a 15 minute section where jira has a dialogue slash battle with his antichrist alter ego named joseph oh my god this sounds so amazing he yells over and over about i'll read the lyrics joseph is standing behind my back Joseph is digging his hands in my chest. Joseph is drinking the light in my lungs. Uh, Joseph is making my body fly. And it is both one of the most incredible moments I've ever experienced in music and also literally horrifying as he just wails over these guitars. This this is like the end of Hereditary now. My God. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So honestly... Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, I keep. No, I was just gonna say weird, weird floating bodies and weird. <laughs> it's, it feels like black magic or some shit. You know, it's, it's I feel like crazy. If, stuff. I feel like if you say those, I feel like if you say those lyrics too many more times, you're literally gonna light and fire in front of us. <laughs> I know that. That's what it feels like sitting there listening to it. You're like, oh my god, like it's crazy. So, yeah, I figured I I'm gonna play you guys here in the call like just 15 seconds of this part, and this will be in the bloggled for anyone curious enough to tackle this but if you think you've got the cojones <laughs> if to you listen dare to the glowing man <laughs> Joseph is digging his hands in my chest Joseph is drinking the light in my lungs Joseph is moving his tongue in my Yeah, so <laughs> that sounds it's about so as like goofy. Have you guys ever listened to Jesus Christ Superstar? Yes, yes. <laughs> it sounds like something out of Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah, well, well, Swans has actually been around since the late '80s, I think, and they oh. basically what they do is they reinvent themselves now every few years and drop like trilogies of these <laughs> albums, which is pretty crazy. But yeah, it's it's uh it's not something I throw on for easy listening, but um <laughs> I once went on a car ride with my friend and we listened to the glowing man and just like drove through um the White Mountains of New Hampshire and it was a transcendent experience. So I would I would highly recommend wow. that. So Next I'm thing. into it. I'm into it. I'm, I'm keeping like a little running list here of all the stuff I need to go listen to <laughs> when this podcast is done. Yeah, so. no, same. yeah, guys, definitely at least like if you're listening, it's worth even if you're not into like experimental music, it's worth just learning about these things because obviously you're not going to be like, oh, let me put on the caretaker phase six, a 90 <laughs> minute drone album about dementia. 
but it is just fascinating stuff and it's good background yeah. music for a haunted house well, are, are we cool. ready for the next piece it's i was just gonna say think? like it's it's really cool oh, how like music can make you feel so much about like so uncomfortable just it's just noises you you don't think bobby like, you're so right and i can't wait to discuss more because we're gonna get there <laughs> okay okay, okay. <laughs> I, I i have an open discussion section it can jump in at any time but these are laid out where i think we'll hit each one of these bops and then we can we can big but you're so you're so right like it, it is really insane to me like how much audio affects us because i feel like we're very visual creatures but yeah it's, it's all about that sound design baby it's all yeah about brent knows design. brent knows all right so next up i said we wouldn't tread into uh movie territory but i'm, I'm gonna give myself an exception here um we're gonna talk about gaspar noe um, I don't know if you guys have heard of either of these movies, Climax or Irreversible, um, but Noé is a very famous French director known for making just like the worst, most uncomfortable movies ever, which mm-hmm. I guess if that's your cup of tea, that's your cup of tea. I saw Climax, which is the one I'm going to go into a bit more, and four people walked out of the theater I was in, and it was only like 15 people to begin with. And it was actually one of the worst experiences of my life. However, the movie is incredible. It was just so hard to watch. Worst Jeez. as but, in like it, it. So is it like uh, horror or, or it's, just uncomfortable? Sounds I'll like it's like torture it because, porn type deal. Huh? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. And we'll we'll get into that with with the discussion of these soundtracks. I'll talk about the plot a little bit. So. Before I go into Climax, which I have more to say about, I want to talk about uh, this film on the right, Irreversible, which I've never seen, I will never watch, because it's famous for an eight-minute graphic rape scene at the beginning, and I just have no interest <laughs> right in that. Out the, right out of the gate? Exactly. So I already don't so like obviously, it based on the movie poster. Yeah, so a, a content warning, obviously, going into yeah, this. Fuck but Dutch angles, bro. So, <laughs> Noé is known... Uh, primarily for his use of intense camera work where the camera will just be spinning around characters. It won't cut for like 10 minutes at a time. Like it's all just about, yeah, it's, it's literally just to overwhelm you to the point of like literal nausea. (laughs) And during this, this intense scene at the beginning, Noe was like, how do I make this like get across that? This is literally the worst thing to ever happen as if the actual events weren't enough. So the score actually plays a 28 hertz noise, which you can't actually hear, but it plays it for the first like 15 minutes of the movie. And people got physically nauseous in the theater from being subjected to this super low bass sound in the theater. Brown note. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's, it's, I guess it's about as close as you can get to that situation where they literally were trying to make people feel sick in every way that they could, which like Bobby was talking about, it's literally just noises, but we can have like physiological responses to it, which is freaking insane. Yeah. It's, it's funny. It's kind of, that's like an infrasound situation. We've kind of talked about it on the pod before where like situations where I think when we were talking about, what was it? That Dyatlov pass, yeah. where they suspected that there was a potential infrasound situation that that's what made everyone like flee their camp for no apparent reason it was just like some sort of weird yeah. low frequency <laughs> that just like made everyone go, go a little crazy well mm-hmm. don't um 
uh, like every horror movie does that to some extent like in the, a lot of them mm. in their soundtracks have a like a note so low that you can't hear it but you like feel it and it gives you deep anxiety yeah mm. definitely i think the only reason this one stands out is because it's it never stops for like the first whatever 20 minutes and i think that a lot of other horror movies do that before like the jump scare or like they set like that tone like but it kind of lets up, up. Which I might be making that up, but all I know is this movie's like very famous for doing that, so I assume that it was kind of a groundbreaking thing at the time, maybe. But but yeah, it is it is wild. But climax, on the other hand, is a very different type of uncomfortable score. So I'll, I'll run you through the plot real quick. Basically, it's about a group of European like uh, club dancers, so like people that Vogue and do I don't know all the proper names, but they're they're these weird group of people that dance and they go to this place um, basically where they're training together for some event. Someone spikes their punch with LSD and the rest of the movie is just everyone freaking out, you know, killing each other, doing all this craziness. It's utterly horrifying. Um, you know, there's like 15 minute long takes of the camera just swirling between conversations and horrible events. But what I love about this movie is what we were talking about earlier with change, how, like Jack was saying, and like I was saying, most horror movies, you know, you, you have the subtle buildup and then they turn around and boom, big noise. And then there's nothing there. And then boom, big noise again. And there's the, you know, monster or whatever. Climax takes a different approach, which is the music pretty much never ends for the entire movie. And it's all like club and techno music. So some horrifying thing will happen, whatever, someone gets brutally injured or whatever, you expect there to be like the ease of tension and still in the background, you just hear the bum, 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 just the pulsing. So you're literally never, never, you're never left to, no matter what's happening, your brain is always following just this pounding, accelerating rhythm through the whole thing. And like... I don't know the science behind this one, but all I know is in the theater, it was like one of the worst experiences. And I mean that, I guess, as a compliment, but like, oh mm. my God, it was insane. Well, so. like, it reminds me of like, I don't know, to use a weird analogy, like you, if you ever go on a roller coaster, it's like you got that one drop and it's like, oh, I love that part. It's so much fun. And then yeah. you kind of go up and down and up and down the rest of the ride. It'd be like, it's like if you were just were on a roller coaster that was always dropping forever yeah it's just like yeah uncomfortable That's what because it felt like to be on the uh, tower of terror <laughs> yeah for me i so i get motion sick pretty easily but like mm. i can do you know a bunch of a bunch of a bunch of rides um yeah. and i was at disney and i was like tower of terror you're just like in a car and it's just like like i was like they they, they just like drops you and then you're just driving around in a car and then otherwise you're just like going through an automated like haunted house and i'm like that's nothing um but out of every ride that i went on in my entire life nothing has made me more nauseous than tower of terror wow um which i have no idea why um i was like never again am i going on tower of terror um i I think that kind of makes sense rides before Oh, dang. but well, Tower of Terror just made about- me feel it made me feel more sick than times that I've thrown up. Well, and a big thing about Tower of Terror is like one of the trademarks of that ride is that every time it goes, it's just randomized. So there's like 
you never know what to expect and it's like always moving and i think that kind of segues back to like this which is you're always kind of at that high and it's interesting that like the movie's called climax it's almost like the entire thing is a climax exactly yeah you never really get to the point where you're lower yeah it's almost like you know we've come to expect those like ebbs and flows you know even in our even in our horror movies we expect that arc and i think that's why it's so effective because like we were talking about earlier humans don't like change Mm -hmm. but i mean that means change from anything so if the norm of a horror movie becomes the change the change the jump scare the scary part the chill day next morning then the night when that's reversed and that's changed to just be an unrelenting like never releasing the tension it's like yeah, I think it has the same effect where you get freaked out because now you, you don't know what to expect anymore, which I think is right. really good. Yeah, it's wild. <sighs> so that tops it off for fun and interesting and cool things. We're going to go a little darker now. <sighs> October moment. Uh-oh. Hmm. Lavender Town. It's time. So, <laughs> <laughs> the next thing we're going to talk about, unfortunately, is not Lavender Town. It is uh-huh. the Bjork Stalker. Ooh. Yeah. Hey, we've we've had a few we've had a few Bjork impressions. Oh, we do here. the Bjork impressions. It's almost like a Greta Thunberg. It is very similar to what Greta Thunberg. Hello, I am Bjork. Uh, I uh, went to the uh, award show. I don't know. Did she probably have you seen the somewhere. video of her talking about her new television? Oh yes, we've seen the video of her talking it's about like her new the television. It's like the most relaxing, most wonderful mm-hmm. thing ever. She's probably mm-hmm. an alien, right? I think so. Potentially. No, she's worse. She's an ASM artist. How dare you? How I'm dare kidding. You? Wait, Jack, are you an ASMR boy as well? I love ASMR. Yes. So much. All right. Solidarity. When I texted Solidarity. you guys, sorry, guys, that I had uh, was taking a nap. I was taking a nap listening to ASMR. It's the best thing to do. It knocks me out like baseball. no other. Yeah. I find it hard to wake up after an ASMR nap. I Dude. Do. I, I was so tired because at the end of the day today, like I was just like alone in the office, you know, and I'm just like, I'm going to pop on some ASMR and just chill out. Dude, sometimes I won't even nap. I'll just like be in a deep state of relaxation. Yes, Yes. it's so weird. And you're just like, I'm awake, but I'm like, you really feel out. Yeah. It's euphoric. It's amazing. (laughs) Temperature perfect. Oh, so nice. This dude's unfortunately, Bjork's killer doesn't make me, make me feel relaxed at all actually <laughs> yeah. quite the opposite so Honestly, what we're looking at know. here I'm, is i'm sensing some chill vibes right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah also uh, that's a joke that will become more clear as the the bloggled so again y'all should really check out the bloggled but okay yeah. so here we have lovely wonderful icelandic singer bjork visionary legend bro she's 54 now yeah just yeah like, and I just, she's still making crazy music and she's the best i just I looked it her. up too and i was like holy crap she's she's getting up there yeah so we've got bjork here and then on the right we have ricardo lopez so ricardo was an obsessive fan of icelandic singer bjork and basically he started a video diary that was basically made as a account of his obsession um, which took a dark turn when Bjork began dating, I think, Goldie, some other person that wasn't Ricardo Lopez, obviously. 
Um, and basically these, these tapes get, you can watch them on YouTube, which is, I, I don't know if I would recommend it, but it's there if, if you want to, but he basically sinks further and further into this crazy obsession until he decided that he wanted to murder Bjork because mm. he thought that in killing her, he would become the most important person like in her life. Like her existence would always be tied to him, which is pretty scary. Oh man. Oh yeah. Is this going where I mm. think it's going? I don't like this. Yeah. So essentially what happened was Ricardo started his last video diary after going to the post office and mailing Bjork an explosive. Wow. Um, I, I wish I wrote down what it was made out of. You can Google it, but he, he ma- basically made a homemade bomb shipped it and then went home and planned to kill himself the same day. So there wouldn't, I guess he was, he was worried people would get suspicious. So he killed himself so he wouldn't have to face any consequences. So what we're looking at is a screenshot of that final video. Um, So you can see there's a music video. He got naked, painted his face green and red, and then sat in this chair listening to Bjork songs. And behind him, he has, this um poster that says the best of me which he painted which i think is a it's like a bjork reference right yeah i don't don't know i I didn't i didn't yeah i didn't look into that i probably should have but i super fan i think it is (laughs) so where where am i going how is how is scary music related to this well Uh, basically ricardo sits down he's going through a bunch of songs and he gets to this bjork song called i remember you which, personally, I, I think this is one of the most beautiful songs ever written. Um, it's so simple. It's so gorgeous. Um, and he sits there and he says, this, like, this is the last one. Like, after this, I'm going to do it. So he's sitting there and he's, like, breathing heavier and heavier and, like, rocking back and forth. And I'm just going to read you guys the last lyrics of this song which were the final words that ricardo heard before he killed himself on camera which are when my life is through and the angels ask me to recall the thrill of them all i will tell them i remember you and then he killed himself on camera and Who uploaded it to the to the youtube so he left the tapes and he painted on his wall with a big arrow that said um these are eight millimeter films, a documentation of a crime, a terrorist act. They are for the FBI, and they uncovered uh, them and then released them. I guess. Um, so now every time I hear that song, it's just so haunting because the whole thing is talking about when Bjork dies. This person is will be the highlight of her entire life, which I think is just utterly devastating. Um, and an interesting fact, which is, is about as, as gory as it can be, uh, police theorized that this poster behind him that says the best of me was supposed to catch like his blood on it. So it would be like the best of me is this action I did for Bjork. But the bullet didn't penetrate his skull, so it was left perfectly clear. So the wow. best of Ricardo was not his suicide. It was... You know his love and his, his art, basically. Oh died, right? Which, wow! So I don't know. I think this is like one of the most heartbreaking things ever, and I would recommend everyone listen to the song. I'm still able to listen to it uh, without thinking of this because it has other connotations. Because I knew the song before I knew about this, 
However, it is it is one of the most you know deeply upsetting things that you could watch. And so when it comes to scary music, this song isn't even scary, but like we talked about, the context around yeah. it um, yeah, definitely right. makes it something else. Ooh. Yeah, this so, yeah, is uh, that one this is, is da- the bad one. Yeah, this is dark. Mm. This is definitely the bad one. Yeah, um, but it just makes me wonder like how many of these cases we don't really know about like because fan culture especially now is so insane and like i I, you never know there's probably not people you know killing themselves like this but people whose entire lives like can revolve around and then his whole you know his whole worldview began to revolve around bjork so like his his explanation of like why he was obsessed or why she didn't love him it turned him into like this huge racist and like you know he had all these like terrible ideals that he just spews on this camera and it's just like devastatingly sad basically Mm -hmm. so yeah i don't know interesting to think about but also crazy how the context of a song can change i think about when like horror movies use like nursery rhyme songs Mm -hmm. and it's like that's not scary at all but in that like context it becomes creepy because it's like been distorted you know yeah right like the innocence of it juxtaposition exactly exactly so yeah this is this is a crazy one um yeah we, unfortunately are, it's it's probably not as uncommon as we all think i mean yeah. I, I, I just started sort of going through my head for all these different like assassination attempts and how many of them are just like weird like celebrity obsession like dude the, the, the guy who tried to uh kill what was it reagan i believe mm. was trying to impress jodie foster like that was like his whole spiel yeah. i believe parasocial then, relationships are such a toxic aspect of the human race bro yeah i mean the guy who killed john lennon you know mm-hmm. fame is it, so fucked up dude for real yeah. It is. It really is. So. And the internet doesn't help. Delete the internet, bro. Honestly. <laughs> Humans I'm anti-internet. We talked about this before, but I am anti-internet, bro. <laughs> As, I use it all the time. on the internet. <laughs> yeah. I, the funny thing is, though, all these examples Don't that we are that. showing and talking about are all pre-internet, so... Yeah. Um, interesting. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. No, I know, but the internet has just exacerbated and accelerated. Oh, sure. Uh, and, like, it inten- intensifies everything. No, I agree. Uh, because, like, any the anyone you anyone everyone has a voice on the internet. Everyone's voice is essentially equivalent on the internet. So, like, everyone people think that other people like you. We're doing it right now. We think mm-hmm. that people care what we have to say. So that's why yeah. we're recording it and saying it. You know, but the truth is, people don't care what you have to say. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting bleak. I like this it. Is, yeah. It's, Not the brain boggled audience, no, baby. They love the, us. I just hate the internet, dude. I hate it so much. I think it's so toxic. <laughs> I feel said- you, Jack. I'm I'm so conflicted on it because, like, I mean, you guys have a podcast. I have a YouTube channel. Like- dude, I would gladly transition to freaking recording in studio, selling our podcast by the by the disc. <laughs> Um, I you get you would I got, get I got some floppies in the back of my fucking <laughs> yeah you would there would be minivan, a catalog <laughs> where Steam would be a catalog where instead of buying games you would you would you would send in money with a little slip that says I want this game and they would send get, you a USB back with the game on it dude get season one of Brain Boggled on Laserdisc you could do it you could do it would do I wanted season one of Brain Boggled on like vinyls I thought that Guys, would be sick that would be cool merch. 
Like, would but cool. we would have to a, pick a little like, one episode to be on a yeah, yeah, and it would have to be like split between both sides. Yeah, <laughs> talk for so long. But it'd be cool. How many podcasts are on vinyl? You know? That's a great question. That should be our like one million dollar Patreon perk. <laughs> what we'll start releasing on vinyl? That'd yeah, be sick. just for you. Let's do that. Let's add it. Oh man, yeah. I mean, honestly, like I feel like us as humans, we can't distinguish. I mean, it depends on like how healthy you are mentally, but. There are people who can't distinguish, like, knowing a person in real life and knowing a celebrity not actually having ever met Yeah, but I I feel like I think that's the problem is, like, they know they don't know them, but they're, like, desperate to... Like, you're you're aware that you don't know them personally, but you know so much about them that it's, like... I don't know. And also, the weird thing is, even, even with the small audience that I have, like, when people reach out... Yeah, like... I can fully go to like their Instagram and like look through their pictures or like I've had discussions with people that are like multiple days where we talk about like different music or whatever. And I'm like, Whoa, that's then I imagine seeing that on a huge scale and it's like, yeah, there are so many, but you still probably catch the random comment here and there and like see things. And that awareness that people are watching you is like a very, it's a very strange, It's so yeah. hard to be famous, isn't it, boys? Well, I don't know if you guys. Um, we got an email today. Speaking of emails, oh, did fans. we? I don't know. I don't know if you guys saw oh, shit. it. It's like really no. long. Um, it's really really nice. Uh, uh, in the email, he told us not to use their real name, but they gave us a name to use. Oh, um, space science. They didn't have anything about like any like they don't have like a youtube channel or anything um but thank you space science uh i read through your your email today um and it was very very interesting and i will uh definitely look into some of the stuff you talked about oh wow yeah this is a great email my goodness yeah yeah, um, i gotta read i don't know if you guys followed pretty closely but like a month ago maybe a month and a half um there was like within like the online gaming content creation pro scene right um there was like sexual assault allegation after allegation after allegation just coming out and there was like one after another and it was like so so many of them um all at once and it was literally like it was it it was essentially like the me too movement in hollywood and Mm -hmm. like other places except on like twitch and youtube and like the gamers that happened as well with like the local music scene like a couple weeks ago with uh, and a lot of bands it caused a lot of people to be like um to talk about parasocial relationships and the relationship between like content creator and consumer mm. um and a lot of streamers were like look i don't know any of you it's impossible for me to know you they were like we refer because when they're streaming the streamers will refer to the the people as chat you know they could have ten thousand people watching them but they're just all one person they're just chat yeah um and so it was it was really interesting to see people being like because there was this one person who um like their friends were like look this person has been doing all these terrible things and everyone was like why didn't you solve this personally like you didn't need to go public with this um like we know this guy he's cool and they were like no you don't know him you know what he has shown you you know what he has presented (laughs) even us like the, yeah, the you Bobby don't know Brandon how Jack. bad of a guy I am. Yeah, I mean, like to some extent, even everyone yeah, who's I mean, online, not, like th- this not is a presentation. Need- yeah, not everyone on the internet knows about my Fight Club. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> well, it, it kind of goes back to the whole like Ellen but DeGeneres I, I only conversation. En- I only enlist the preteens though, because I could beat them up real easy. So <laughs> it, it, it kind of reminds me of the Ellen DeGeneres conversation. <laughs> like we all yeah, see yeah, yeah. Ellen as this like, oh, I'm goofy. I'm Ellen. Ha, I can't believe she came back. Real talk, I cannot believe Ellen came back. Well, she apologized yeah, or whatever, but like, it's I didn't so think she was gonna come back. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's that whole behind the screen kind of thing. Like, yeah. how do people actually treat people in real life? It's weird. Yeah. True. But anyway, right, ready for the last one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit me with it. <laughs> All right. I need some. I need some audience participation from you boys. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I need you guys to oh, look boys. at this image. And tell oh. me what your first reaction to this is. I don't know, dude. I don't um, even know what to think. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> it looks like that's a fair. That's a fair thought. Yeah. My first reaction um, is that this. Yeah, there is none. I'm sorry. For those no, listening, I would say mine is <laughs> that it seems illegal. It's like, because this person that's sort not of a looks real like baby. a baby. This, well, no, I mean, this person, at a glance, because the first thing I saw was the torso and then oh. the censored image over their crotch, I was like, this seems like child porn. I think it's just a, I think it's just a petite glance. man. <laughs> yeah, so... I mean, yeah, I can see that now, but like, my initial thought was, yikes. <laughs> For everyone listening, there is a, a nude man kneeling on a bed holding a baby doll upside down with mm-hmm. a orange rectangle covering his sensitive bits. you know what that is that's mm-hmm. probably a fucking golden rectangle that's probably got the golden ratio mm-hmm. i bet so, yeah, so yeah. Well, well, actually like the, the original oh, cover is uncensored but i chose to give you guys this one instead of oh yeah. okay, good. that makes way more is this like the grown-up yeah. version of the nevermind album cover yeah yeah exactly Just made so to make you feel uncomfortable the reason that i picked this is because I think that this album cover is like kind of silly. It gets memed in the music community. Like people are just like, haha, penis album, which I think is kind of funny. Um, a promise. I like that it, though. Yeah. It, it does make me want to talk a little bit about, um, again, context and how things can be shifted by, you know, the stories around them and what can make music more, you know, impactful because we know, you know, what's going on behind it. So I'm going to read you, a, a clip actually from a review of this album and give you a little bit of backstory on what this kind of goofy image comes from. Uh, so the artist for this album is Shu Shu, X-I-U, X-I-U, also known as Jamie Stewart. So Jamie oh. Stewart is, <laughs> when, I, when I reference that, that's, that's the artist. But. Okay. All right, so according to Jamie Stewart's interview with Pitchfork, the subject on the album cover, a young man by the name of Hang, was a sex worker Stewart met at a gay cruising spot in Vietnam. The man kept asking him to take him back to his hotel, have sex with him, and give him money. Obviously, Stewart had other things planned. When he asked the man to take his clothes off and pose for the camera with a baby doll for the next cover shot, Stewart noted that Hang had cuts, scars, and burns all over him. As a sex worker, Hang was attempting to pose seductively for the camera. He was just trying to do his job, you know? That's a quote. Uh, watching the man seeking desperately for money, Stewart felt a sense of guilt and proceeded to give Hang way more money than he initially intended. He never saw the man again, and who knows if this man was able to sustain himself after all these years. 
Stewart noted this as a pretty funny story, but to me, it's genuinely depressing, saddening, and heartbreaking to hear about people like Hang just barely getting by. And that's really what A Promise is as an album. The intent is not to make you feel good. In fact, it's a gut-wrenching and uncomfortable experience as a whole. For the final track of the album, Stewart explains that an Ian Curtis wish list is full of things that you were ne- that you have convinced yourself that you want to have happen, but you know that are never going to happen. I know this is a pretty random fact I chose to highlight, but this quote really resonates with me while listening to this and putting together some of the context. You look back at the unfortunate people like Hang, and you think about the situation he was in. Obviously, he had hopes to get out and become successful, but also partly realized that this was never going to happen. You have to imagine the pain, suffering, and hopelessness unfortunate Vietnamese sex workers like Hang were going through. You wish to help, but you're just a bystander, someone who sees Hang as the man who stripped naked for the Shushu album cover, LOL. In your eyes, he's just a product, a random man on an album cover. So, with that in mind, I'm going to play you a bit of the first song. Just the album cover alone with the context made me kind of sad. It's haunting, right? Right? It's like, oh, it's a lot. But so we're just going to listen to like 30 seconds of this and then I'll talk about kind of why this <laughs> song sad. and this album freaks me out and we'll sad. talk about Money like, Gorilla I don't know. Girl. Yeah, dude, the album covers from Shushu or the album titles from Shushu are always very epic. So it's kind of his thing. But yeah, we'll, we'll take a little listen to this. keep going or not but the point basically is that this album about all these different things it's about you know relationships and like a lot of gender and sex stuff and like whatever but you know it's something you wouldn't necessarily think of as scary it's like very quiet he sings in this like weird falsetto it's just like a guitar but there's something genuinely like so haunting about like like somber you know and being that close to someone's intimacy, I feel like, like someone getting that close to you, like through the audio is so like, you're not really ready to get that amount of information from like an artist in any way. Um, as the album continues, it's a lot of combinations of things like this, as we got a hint of at the end, guitar music with really crazy, like noisy synths that come in and like just break the songs. And I've literally never been able to finish this album because like, it's just so grating 
emotionally, I feel like that I've just never been able to make it through. And I think kind of like this story of hang on the front encapsulates a lot of the other albums. Like why do we want to listen to stuff like this or produce it? Like what's so fascinating about it? Because I think that this is like an amazing piece of art, even though I haven't been able to finish it, but like, because it's that effective, I guess. Um, right. But that leads me into the worst slide. Let's just discuss some, some <laughs> questions. So like, Oof. you know, why, what do we think about, first of all, what do we think about the stuff we just talked about? Why do we like this type of thing or not like it? Why is audio such a good medium for fear? Like Bobby was talking about. And then we can go into some scary songs. Y'all like perhaps less insane compared to these ones. Well, if but I yeah, that, start, that's, that's what I've got in terms of content. Go ahead, Bobby. Yeah. First yeah. of all, great job, Matthew. A little yes, pause. That was awesome. That was really, really Thank interesting. You. And to start off our discussion, it kind of reminds me of the, uh, the deconstruction of horror episode that, that we did. Um, where Jack kind of took us through like why humans like horror. And uh, at the end of the day, like we all have this like morbid curiosity, like this primitive desire to like look at things that we shouldn't look at. And totally. And I, it, it applies to sounds too. I feel like, like if you're, it kind of reminds me of like when you're a kid and you hear like a creepy, like noise coming from the basement and you just like, and you're just like i gotta go check out what that is i gotta go see what that is <laughs> what kind of sounds were you hearing well, in your basement that when me, this is a weird little uh tangential story um when me and ben uh were like i don't know four we were hanging out at like our friend's house just hanging out as a four four-year-olds uh no we were sleeping over our friends and there was like this music coming from downstairs and the lights were off and it was just like uh, it was like uh-oh. a a little like a i don't know honky tonk kind of uh piano song going on and oh, um yikes i don't know it was just like weird and creepy and so we like went downstairs <gasps> and like the noise was getting louder and louder and we just come around the corner and there's a keyboard lit up just playing a song and it was it was one of those like dumb Casio keyboards and somehow it was left on and one of the automatic like songs was playing and we, we freaked out Jeez. and ran Bobby, back in the upstairs. middle of you saying that I saw my reflection in the window I'm recording in front of and like freaked I, was, I saw you I really freak out I was gonna was, like, say you guys are such babies I, I thought there was like a up. clown outside uh, I don't I feel like we probably mentioned this on the podcast but I grew up mm-hmm. next to a uh Next to a cemetery or a graveyard. I think it's oh a cemetery, boy. technically, <laughs> because a graveyard is when it's next to a church and a cemetery is when it's anywhere else. Interesting. Oh, it's a little fun that. fact, a little bo- bonus bog fact for you there. <laughs> <laughs> little bogus fact. You, yeah, guess what? You guys get that one for free. The rest are going to cost you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was, um, I was outside uh, taking, my, taking the barrels down to the... Uh, you know, down to the end of the driveway so that you can get picked up like a good responsible son helping out. Nice. <laughs> um, and it was like 2 a.m. because I'd forgotten to do it before I went to bed. Uh, so I was like, oh, I got to go do it. So I, I I was outside at 2 a.m. and I heard this like screech from, I presume it was a bird, but I wasn't going to sit around and find out what made the screech. Mm. So I just like waited inside for an hour and then uh, <laughs> went back outside. Um, do you because- guys have fisher cats near you? 
Uh, yeah, I've never seen one, but I assume. Yeah, because so. sometimes I wake up at like three in the morning to like baby screaming sounds, and I'm like, oh, I'm <laughs> going to die. But it's it's a Fisher cat. When I was twelve, this is like story time, boys. When I was twelve, <laughs> I it was Christmas Eve. I swear to God, because I was I wasn't that like young. I was twelve. I remember it very vividly. I opened my window and I'm like looking out the window, you know, looking up at the sky and I, you know, I didn't believe Well, you know, I don't, I don't know. Cause you know, some people, I believe in Santa. I believe. Okay. I'm getting off the rails here. Um, what is going on? I don't know. Happening? I don't know my brain. <laughs> I'm having a men- melt, mental meltdown. Um, so anyway, I, I open up the window and I just hear like this. Like this, I feel, these the Call of Duty zombies round change. So I, I swear to God, I, I heard this like sound, just ambient sound in in the world. It almost sounded like the tr- the horns of God, and uh, it freaked me Damn. out because I was it was I couldn't explain what it was. Um, what we lived near a highway. So I, you know, I tend to think that maybe it was just like the the sound of the cars. Must have been um, that. But I don't know. It was weird because it was very. Have you seen those videos vivid. where people put like the Siren Man sound over like normal footage? Yo, yes. like, Siren like, Man is so like, lame. Mm. I'm about to pop off. <laughs> Let me tell you something about this. I kind of you agree. You guys know me. You know I love. Uh, you know I read a lot of creepy pastas, ARGs, all that shit. I'm I'm deep. I am deep in that freaking cryptozoology sphere mm-hmm. right yo fuck siren head dude he's so lame he's literally just no, no he's, he's lame but like that sound oh, is yeah. pretty creepy i feel like uh, yeah oh, that's agree. the only reason why he has any legs to stand on is because of his sound but he's literally just and slender man with a legs. sound he's so lame <laughs> yeah see no, those he... legs are trunks my boy <laughs> wait but but Meaty. I, yeah jack you're a you're a creepypasta like hater though right I'm not a hater. A, when they're good, you're an when SCP they're good, guy. they're good. I do like SCPs. SCPs are just better than creepypastas as a whole. I think that's fair. Okay, <laughs> going back to, to why is audio a good medium for fear? Um, oh, yeah, that's what we're talking <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So, no, no, no. no little... This is open, baby. Um, so, I don't know if... Uh, so, our boss, Zach, I don't know if he ever did this with you, Matthew, but he definitely did it with me and Brent. Um, when when I was an intern, he showed us this project where we would take a short film and you could score it yourself. So you would take the short film and then score it however you wanted. You could change the yeah. music to change the tone. And this group of interns uh, that, that were interns in previous years had taken a movie and made it into a scary movie just by adding scary music. And it's crazy because like you can take something so innocent and so like lighthearted and you can make it creepy just by changing the music. And it's, it's insane how impactful it is. And, and we don't really talk about sound design as much as I feel like, yeah, it deserves to be talked about. Well, I thought this episode was going to be about the sound design of like horror movies, honestly. Mm. right but it's getting into that a little bit i think a part of like why sound in a lot of ways can be almost 
even more effective than visual is i think as humans like a lot of times the thing that sort of like triggers our brain that fear sort of fight or flight response is sound mm-hmm. you know like a lot of times you hear something that yeah unsettles you before you see it well that's one of the so things like it, yeah yeah oh sorry brent you can keep you can finish i was just about to go on like a classic rambly brent you oh, know well, I explanation was, I, I was gonna say that like um because sound is sound is one of the things where um like out of all of the you know like senses in 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 terms of like information gatherings i mean every sense is an information gather but like space like you don't use you know like you don't really use taste and touch right when you're when you're gathering you know the the world around you like just your media like yeah you touch stuff but you're looking at stuff you know what i mean um if you're watching a movie you can't touch or 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 taste anything or smell anything for Mm -hmm. that matter but if you're in like but like smell doesn't give you like you can smell something but like smell sound my point is is that i'm not saying anything my point is is that sound (laughs) gives you sound is the perfect amount of information to be scared right because with sight you're see like because when something makes a noise fuck anything could have made that noise you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like you have no i you have a list of things in your brain where you're like these are things that have made noises similar to that and so it could be any of these things whereas when you see something you're like that's the ultimate that's like the like oh i can process this right and that's what i was gonna say because it's like all in front of you Right. Okay. So, um, yeah. the fact that like a site is something that you can interact with in front of you, you can see it, you can deal with it. Like yeah. you were saying, Jack, but sound, I mean, like you sound is the spatial, uh, yeah, sensory sound, where you can sound is like, there's something out there. It could be this big. It could it be behind sound, you. <laughs> yeah. It could be behind me. It echoed from somewhere. It sounds angry. Maybe it sounds hungry. Maybe, you know, like there's just, it gives you just enough information to worry about it. It's like yeah. the ultimate unknown. You get so much, but it like ultimately, and, and I think especially now, like with talking about sound design, like there are so many noises we hear that are just not like in the world. Like we can't be like, Oh, that's a bear. Like it's just some yeah. insane noise that we can't comprehend. Yeah. But I feel like what, what you're talking about with space is really interesting too, because obviously with your eyes, you, you see the space in front of you and you can gauge it. But honestly, like audio gives you many dimensions because you get like pitch. You can uh, hear motion depending on how fast something's moving, a little Doppler mm-hmm. effect action. Like, you can get direction, you can get distance, like there's so much that you can get from it, but at the same time, whatever sound it is, you're imagining, even if it's someone's voice, it's still conjuring like an image. So I think that's why music is so effective because like it's fully imaginative. Like everything you process is just producing images in your in your brain of some kind, which is or even like uh, even like sound effects and foley like one thing that i that i think back to it's so this is so stupid but like uh i was I used to be really freaked out by five nights at freddy's the, the game <laughs> and i love Dude, it's a scary awesome. game it's a scary game and and one of the things that freaked me out the most about that game was when foxy comes running down the hall and like he just pops out at you and the footsteps sound like a Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the yell that it. Well, made. the yell is is horrifying, but like at that point, yeah. but the, it's the, the steps of the anticipation. Yeah, the steps, yeah. That's just it, the waiting. 
oh, it just reminds you of like an approach of something you don't want to approach you. And I hate it because I know it's going to scream. Um, and it's just crazy how it's just a sound of, of footsteps, but it like it every time it, it triggers me. It's like, it's just very it's eerie. Nutty. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. Um, scariest music that yeah, that everyone, Brent was saying. Everyone, everyone, throw out if you can think of one. It can be well, from a movie. It can be an actual Lavender song. Town. But what's some dude? Yeah, he loves that Lavender I Town. I love Lavender Town. And I don't Is know that what Lavender Town. It, yeah, that's Lavender Town. Nice, you got it. It's just it's so unsettling, and I'm just gonna play it because. Oh, you know, we're all playing it. Bobby, it's it, Bobby. Here, here we go. Let's see if my computer's still hooked up. <laughs> I just looked up lavender. Wow, that's specific enough. I, I couldn't find anything about why Lavender Town music is scary because everything was about why the place is scary. But I think we could. Oh, there's like we could guess from what we talked about. Like there's, I, I there's, there's like some of those tones, those like specific frequencies that like induce anxiety and like yeah. physical discomfort. Yeah. Um, but it's also like, I forget what's that. There's like that. There's like that program that visualizes music, right? Yeah. Stereo. Uh, uh, where like people use it. People use it to hide images in music. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? They put the song through that, and um, there was, you know, the ghost sprite before yeah. if it's a ghost type Pokemon. There was that image, and then there was unknown that spelt something, but I forget yeah. what they spelled. I remember that. It, it's like I. I think it's that i also think it is like obviously a, in a minor key i don't know enough about music but it, it's definitely a a sad and also i think the context of lavender town spooks you more like I think, i'm not saying yeah. it wouldn't be creepy on its own but i yeah. i definitely think like me listening to it i get why it's scary but it doesn't like unsettle me as much mm as maybe someone who played it and got like that full experience of like this weird place. And I think I definitely romanticized Lavender Town myself because I don't think I was as freaked out about it when I was actually a kid. I think it was... You do bring up Lavender Town a lot. I do. Yeah, I mean, there was a big mythos. Like, (laughs) uh, uh, kids, I feel like... Like you're saying, Jack, about the uh, stereograph or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know, I know what you're talking about. It, I just can't think of the name. But I feel like there were so many myths. Like, oh, if you go to this place and do this, then you'll see it. Oh, the bones yeah. Of a, like there was so much like uh, fantasizing about. Oh, yeah. What do you remember? There was like a weird. That. There was like a weird thing where uh, like Gary has a ghost Pokemon and like they theorize in the game that it was like actually his dead Eevee or something like yeah there's like a lot of it's so it's so creepy I think yeah there's a lot of those those urban legends about the one that I always remember is um is the uh the whole Neopets versus um Neopets versus Webkins that's what they're called Webkins Mm Webkins were awesome yeah, because Webkins they're win. yeah, because Webkins because Neopets is older than Webkins, right? So yeah. when Webkins came out, everyone was like, "Oh, this is just new Neopets, blah blah blah." I was a Webkins kid, and um, they were like, "Oh, don't open up if you get a you'll get a black box in the mail. Don't open it. <laughs> if you do, a Neopet is gonna jump out and cut the heads off of all of your <laughs> all of your pets." And I was like. I'm pretty sure I was like, I know this is bullshit. This isn't real. 
like obviously this isn't real um but like i think i still looked out for it like a little bit but yeah, that one was like the black box neopets black box like, so like, bobby's got bobby's got yeah. lavender town what are we looking yeah. at for what do you got um, Brent or jack i don't really have these ones um we might we're not we shouldn't play on the pod because they're kind of messed up but a friend in high school showed me these and they're not really like scary well tied up in there's one called tied up in knots n-o-t-t-z i can't remember who it's by um but that song is pretty weird it's like do you know when in movies when people um talk in helicopters and they have that like we're in the helicopter sort yeah. of filter you know what i mean yeah. so the whole song is like that and it's just some brit it's kind of like grime sick. it's like it's like an offshoot of grime almost yeah. and the dude is like oh tied up in knots mm-hmm. um and he's just are you like saying that. stuff like this and then this <laughs> happens and it's a we- it's a weird song and then the other one that that um matt might have uh maddie matt matthew might have might have heard of this but There's a song called um, Why You Never Became a Dancer. Um, Oh, shit. And it's like, it's like the person, quote unquote, singing it is just like screaming at the top of their lungs. And um, it's like the speakers sound like everything sounds like it's blown out and out of tune. And there's like a ton of static. Um, And there's like this image of like a facial tract, like. You know when someone applies 3D facial tracking to a 2D image? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like that of this like of it looks like the girl from the like from the grudge or the ring or whatever. The girl the, the Japanese girl on the TV. Yeah. It looks like it's her. I think it might be, or maybe it's not, or maybe it's just some other like Japanese uh, sort of demon thing. Japanese water ghost. Some sort of demon, some sort of Wait, uh, wait, do you know the do you know the artist? Um, hold on. I can find it in a second. White House. In the meantime, Brent, you can White House. Lifehouse? I don't know him. White House. (laughs) One word, White House. Scary place. It's like, he's just yelling. It's also a British guy. Mm-hmm. And at one point, I think the, the song ends and he goes, and that's why you never became a dancer. I don't know. It like tells a story. I never really paid attention to what the lyrics are saying. <laughs> but it's really scary. Nice, nice, nice. Brent? All right. So I got two. Um, I got one for just like song, you know, just regular old song and one for a score. Ooh. So I'll start off with the song. The song is a, I feel like... If you're gonna talk creepy music, you gotta talk a little Radiohead, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, Radiohead's sort of there like the go. kings of your creepy music. One in particular that I really love is this song called National Anthem. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. Um, it's this great sort of cacophony of just like absurd sounds that don't feel like they should go together at all, and yet somehow it works perfectly. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and still makes you feel just really uncomfortable the entire time it's happening. It kind of just starts with this sort of like low distorted bass line that's just playing the same rhythmic ding 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 ding
dissonant interval, and that's just going the entire song. Wow. And then the drums start sort of kind of cutting in and out, and it's sort of it's like a natural drum tone, but with a sort of synthetic quality to it, the way they chop it in and out. This is beautiful. I'm listening to it right now, and Brent, the way you're describing it is amazing. <laughs> and so, and then you got Tom York, who just kind of comes in with this like very weird alien, like distant performance, where it's just like his vocals like almost feel like they're like they like forgot to plug in the cord all the way or some shit. Like it's like coming in and it's sort of fading oh, out it. and there's like this I hate this it. weird stutter this stutteriness but then they start bringing in other instruments like the theremin and like a horn Yo, section is so sick. Sick. this I is all happening so as you're describing it brent this is weird it's one of my so favorite radiohead bad. songs it's just like it comes in hard and it just gets harder and harder as the song goes until by the end of it it's just pure insanity with like saxophone blaring solos and horns and tom york is like screaming distantly in the background that you can barely make out and then it all just kind of like drops away at the end into this like dissident weird like horn section chord yeah yeah i'll i'll be dropping this audio in um later i can even i probably queue it up on my phone here in a second we're listening right now yeah. It sounds like proto it, swans. Like it sounds like if you like that type of thing, then the swans albums we talked about will be perhaps a challenge, but yeah. it's up that same that same alley. Sure. Right. So th- this one in particular, I just love because it is unsettling, and yet it also kind of like gets you angry and yeah. amped in a weird way because it's just so intense and cacophonous and just out there. And then yeah, by the end, you're just left feeling like, what did I just go? Yeah, through? I just want to go to the <laughs> gym like, right now. <laughs> And then um, for a soundtrack, um, I I mean, I brought it up earlier in the show, but um, the movie Annihilation, I love this movie. It's just so weird and creepy uh, and unsettling. It's the Alex Garland. uh... (laughs) Based on that sound, I'm not sure I can confirm nor (laughs) deny. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) This is the Natalie Portman movie, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. There's a Dude, lot of stuff. No, there. it's I'm, totally that noise. It's totally that. But noise. there's there's one song in particular, um, the Alien, mm-hmm. from that soundtrack in particular. It's in sort of like the climactic scene of that movie that takes place sort of like at the lighthouse uh, in that movie, and um, it's just like this really, like, it's you know your classic movie soundtrack. It's got low droney type stuff, but it has this like hard to play synth pad tone and there's cars beeping like crazy outside my window right now they they agree with me that it's got this is like unsettled it's just it's just i don't know how to describe it it's both warm and alien this like synth pad that just kind of pops in really harshly at certain points in the track you know you just kind of this low drone and it's like what the fuck is happening here now and it just kind of comes in that's what it is yeah yeah and it just like keeps coming in and then like these other weird rhythmic droning tones just kind of keep intensifying as the song goes on with these like abrupt sort of stabs of like weird alien like i guess it uh makes sense for the name of the song the alien but alien like uh a really eerie uh soundtrack so yeah th- those would be the two that i in particular would recommend alien the alien from uh annihilation soundtrack is really just like full just like disturbing and like makes you uncomfortable whereas the radio had once more of like a more melodic enjoyable experience yeah. just from like a casual yeah. listening but it still has got that like weird unsettling that dissonance that just kind of 
kind of makes you feel a little wild. Okay, well, here's so. here's one that's um first of all, those were two great great choices, Brent. I just listened to both of them. I'm Very I'm the fun. audio man, my guy. Uh, Listen, I'm not going to disappoint with the audio. Um, why is my computer audio? This isn't even my computer, but I don't know why my YouTube audio is not. I don't know why my YouTube audio is not working. Uh-oh. Um, one song that I feel like has to get an honorable mention for creepiness is, uh, it might be a little cliche, but Revolution 9, um, by the Beatles Mm. has a very, uh, spooky kind of vibe. That whole psychedelic era of theirs had a lot of spooky vibes going on. Yeah. 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 I, good choice. You know, like, uh, Pink Floyd, anything like Pink Floyd or kind of, um, especially their first album, Piper at the Gates of Dawn, where you just don't know what to expect. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like all of like Dark Side of the Moon is just like a creepy vibe. Like yeah. that whole album is just creeps, creeps, mm. creeps all the way through. I wonder why. Creeps. I wonder why like reverb is is so good when it comes to like creepy ambient songs. Like because I, like it, I think it gives we you this sense about, of like. The... Sorry, yeah, Brent, yeah. Go, go ahead. ahead. You're the okay. audio yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, it kind of gives you this like sense of scale that is. I think it's sort of almost like has a dissonance in the brain sort of like a cognitive yeah. dissonance in this case because you're hearing something that sounds huge like because your brain recognizes that with when you oh. hear reverb that you're hearing something in a bigger thing. space mm. but you know you <laughs> might just be sitting in your your little bedroom and you're hearing something that sounds like it's being played inside of like a fucking giant ass canyon or something and it just creates that sort of weird sort of mental state where you feel like i'm in another place right now yeah. my mind is being transcending to another plane that's just outside of my body you know maybe, and i just maybe we should make this whole episode sound like we're in a canyon <laughs> don't tell great me idea. don't tell great me great idea <laughs> hello bogglers <laughs> there you go Boggler. practical effect i like it yeah. nice 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 well yeah so Good stuff. man good stuff boys wow i can't wait to go listen to some of these tracks Same. i'm like jacked up i'm all <laughs> jacked up on mountain dew chip <laughs> i i'm uh even more in a spooky mood than i was before <laughs> it almost fell off i gotta yeah. say it got oh, real man. dark there at the bjork stuff um yeah took you for a turn took, took you for a turn. turn gotta have that narrative arc guys you know yes we gotta take them through the whole the whole narrative part mm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Nice. There oh, he is. Wow. They don't call him the best in the biz for nothing. <laughs> That's why you paid the big bucks, baby. Yeah, no, that, but thank you so much, Matthew, for being on with us for this one. This was so much fun. Yeah, that was really fun. I can't believe that I got to be a part of Bogtober. You got to take us like, on a journey through Bogtober. It was like, yeah. take oh, us yeah. on a journey. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. Missed, though. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> it, it was nice to sit back, relax, and kind of listen to someone else do the research. It, it almost felt like <laughs> Nice. <laughs> to the, the podcast without having to do anything. Yeah, and not only that, pleasure. he did a stellar job. Yeah, you did a great so job, dude. It's very interesting. Thank very you. cool. Thank you. Um, love it. Love it. Yeah, really so nice. once again, definitely go check out Matt's YouTube channel. Um, yes. It's Matt Lawrence. Matt Lawrence. Yeah. Spelled the right way. Uh, he does some really, really, really cool videos. And honestly, as a video editor, I really appreciate the editing. Uh, love the goofs. Thank you, love the gaffs. Some pretty but good Bobby, stuff. Bobby, can I there. appreciate the editing if I'm not a video editor? <laughs> oh, yes, you absolutely can appreciate that. Great <laughs> question. You're not a video editor. Good. But you can also great appreciate question. Matthew's great commentary on. I, mean, I am a video editor. Not so, to brag, oh, man. you are a video editor, Jack. Not to brag. I think of you as an animator person. Me too. 
you get Honestly. that. Listen, listen, I'm proud to say I was on the ground floor of the Matt Lawrence subscribe yeah, you were. train. I'm I was within the first hundy. Within the first mm. hundy, baby. I was before we hit triple digits. Yeah, Whatever, Brent. And I told Brent. <laughs> You're so cool. I just texted Jack and all the boys, and I was like, go subscribe to Matthew's channel. And I am I ran, subscribed. I ran down, oh, yeah. and I was like, Brent, you got to subscribe to Matthew's channel. And Brent was like, oh, it's been months. <laughs> Since I Bro, was it's nine months, and you already have 1.7k subscribers. Oh yeah, baby! What the heck? The boy is doing it. He's doing the thing. Yeah, why are you more? Why are you more popular than us already? <laughs> <laughs> this is really oh, benefit man. for us. 13k views. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Look at that. We caught. We Damn. Caught the, you gotta just Kid's catch the niche, it. like. The people that aren't, they don't get fed the right. Yo, people love Blade, dude. They love Blade. Both dude, your 13K yeah, they, view videos are Blade. I know they love them. Yeah, it's just, you know, the, the dance of making sure I don't only do that. But hey, I appreciate I appreciate <laughs> yeah. all the drainers out there. Love them. Uh, all right. So, yes, go check out Matthew's YouTube channel. We'll leave a link so that you can just click if you, if you In the description. want to yeah. go. We better you know. remember that. Yeah, we will. And I'll we'll also put it in the blog, the Brain, brain Bloggled. Um, bloggled, of course. So of course. go check that out. Also, we got to give some shouts to our social medias because... Yeah. Uh, do, Don't forget, this is our podcast. Yeah. Not <laughs> our show. My house. Um, so yeah, so you can follow us on Instagram at Brain Boggled Pod. Nope. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm so bad at the social. This is why I never do it. Um, yeah, so at Brainboggled on Instagram, at BrainBogglePod on Twitter. Uh, yes. You can check out our Facebook mm. if you dare go on Facebook these days. Um, and uh, also, even I'm not on Facebook anymore. Yeah, you, I deleted that shit. You can go check out our YouTube channel or our website or our Patreon. Uh, search Brainboggled Podcast on Patreon. Oh. We'll come up. We've got a lot of different perks that you can check out to support the show. And also, if you go to Brainboggled.com, brainbogglepodcast.com slash shop you can check out our new merch we got a brain boogled bogtober mug for the spooky season it's limited time so it will be gone in a few weeks go check that out go get it and uh i think that's pretty much it did i miss anything Did we do the the email brainbogglepodcast at gmail.com brainbogglepodcast at gmail.com brainbogglepodcast at gmail.com yeah, so if you want to shoot us an email um, for any ideas or yeah, if you just want to say we, hi. Which, uh, if you want to be like uh, Space Science, send us an email and we'll read it. I, whoever set the email to unread, I'm sorry I read it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I did that by accident, so oh, okay. that's totally fine. I was, just doing, I was quickly looking at it on my phone when we were recording, and then I was like, I, I need to close this that's out because I'm not only, paying that's attention. That's the only bad part. It's because I always forget how to do it. And so like, I'll open an email, and I'll be like, oh, I hope they see it. Well, I just, I just star it so you guys like know oh. that it's important. I mean, that, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, well, that's... <sighs> All right, people. Well, thank you for another, tuning another in. E- yeah, another epic episode in the book, boys. Thank yes. you for listening. And stay tuned for more episodes of Bogtober. Yeah, how many more we got? Two more? I got to do an episode. I still got to figure out what I'm, what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah, Jack, you're next, and then I think... Well, I, I guess I'm doing... Well, yeah, I'm next. I guess... I don't know. Do I want to say anything and commit to it? No. Don't commit. No. Don't commit, baby. No, we're not committing to anything. <laughs> and hey... Stay tuned. Find out next week. Stay yeah. tuned. And hey, Matthew, if you ever want to come back on the show... You're always welcome. It would, it would be not my pleasure. Invi- you're not invited. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see All right. again, I'm sure. 
We Definitely. Love you guys. Matthew will be back. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Bye. Peace. Peace. Play. Oh,